Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And we're two goofs. Yes. I mean, <laughs> did you like our new intro where we're singing in unison in such amazing harmony? Angelic voices. Who knew? You I really are angels. Southern soul in me. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about the Epsom salts for a minute? Okay. The Epsom salt ordeal. All right. You might remember on last week's show, <laughs> um, we were talking about morals and have our morals changed, and we were talking about some things that we used to do that we wouldn't do today, and how it makes us think, and we said our morals have changed somewhat, some of the time, yes. some of our morals, yes, and it's a work in progress. And then Julie revealed that she had uh, forgotten to pay for a bag of Epsom salts because they were on the undercarriage of her shopping cart. And when she got out to the car, she was just like, oh, I'll pay for it later. And then I called her a thief. So, <laughs> Because I really was struggling with like, it's fine. It's like $6. It's fun. And right. then we did that podcast and I was like, oh, fucking hell. Now I have to go pay for these goddamn Epsom salts, <laughs> which I did. Yeah. But what's funny is I went to the cash register and I gave the Epsom salts to the lady and I said, can you just charge me for these? I didn't pay for them last time. And so, of course, I was expecting her to be like, you are the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> or some look of recognition of like, wow, you are person. doing the right thing. Yeah. And she's like, OK. And she charged me and put it under the till. And I was like so upset that I got no recognition for this amazing act of charity. It wasn't charity. <laughs> I know. That's the crazy part. <laughs> and then I but. Marco Polo'd you. And I was like, I feel like I should get the Nobel Peace Prize for this. Oh, yeah. And I you really laughed your head off. And you're like, <laughs> OK. And you imagine you took an imaginary Nobel Peace Prize. And you're like, here you go, Julie. That's right. What is wrong with me? For doing the right thing. Yeah. But I I think, I mean, that's what I love about us, is that we actually admit and we own up to this shit. <laughs> and I think that's what people listening like, too, because <sighs> you're not holier than thou. You're not, you know, better than other people. You're like, yeah, god damn it, I thought I should have gotten an award. Yes, that's and the crazy. It has to be pointed out to us for doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to point it out in you. And then, you know, flip side, it'll come around to my turn and you'll point it out to me. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Yeah. So. <sighs> so that's it. You did the right thing. I did the right thing. I, know. I would have wanted, I would have thought, oh, that's funny. Because I bet you no one else has done that. <laughs> I well, we I had no up, party. We build up these crazy expectations in our head, too. That just goes to show the ism yeah. of the alcoholism. You, yeah. had a, you had a dialogue in your head, an expectation, a little uh, monologue, if you will, of how things were going to play out when you got there. You know, the confetti was going to fall from the ceiling and yeah. the manager was going to Humanitarian come Humanitarian and... of the year award would be presented to me by the mayor of Toronto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For That's not, exactly what I expected. For not stealing. <laughs> <laughs> for doing the right thing. The right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Thanks for sharing that with us. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, so this time we thought we'd talk about uh, an email that we got just before, actually, it was probably November now. It wasn't oh, just I didn't before know the it was holidays. that long ago. Okay. Yeah, because you and I have been struggling to get together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this came in, yeah, about November. Okay. And it was from Lisa, uh, a listener from the United States, who talked about um, a very sad story that she related about how her middle daughter had just recently died from this disease mm -hmm. of alcoholism. The beautiful part was that um, she said she was able to be there with her and she's never felt, you know, a closer connection 
to her higher power, mm. to God. She called it God. Um, but her question was, um, can you guys talk about um, relationship between your higher power and how it ebbs and flows sometimes? Because that was her experience. And we, I don't know, I can say we totally get that. I totally get that. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. I remember you telling me you were like, fuck you, God. Oh, I broke up with God. Yeah. I talked about it on a podcast. Yeah. I was in a state of severe suffering in terms of my health. And I was like, he can't be there. I feel nothing. I'm not getting any help. I'm not getting any answers. And so I broke up with him. And the amazing thing is that is what ultimately ended up strengthening my relationship with him to the point where it's, I think, unbreakable now. Okay. I had so? to, because I had to go through that. The, and I'm speaking only about my experience. That was such a selfish act. It was looking to God like Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not giving me what I want when I want it. So therefore, you're not there. Therefore, you don't give a shit about me. Mm -hmm. And I saw in that moment, if I looked all through my life for me to say there's no God and to have all of the graces and mercies come to me in the form of being healed of my addiction, um, all kinds of things, not killing someone when I drunk drove for however many mm. years, almost every night. Yeah. Um, meeting amazing people that helped me in my life, doctors that helped me get better, being married, having a brother and a sister, like all of these things in my life are proof because God is not known. He's revealed. Like we don't know God other than apart from what he does for us. And that's mm. when we get to know him. And so going through health stuff in the last two years, thank God I was in a place where I had already been through the breakup, the dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I had realized that divine silence is very different than divine absence. And I've been able to get through things since then. Okay. Explain that to me. Divine absence. So I thought God wasn't there, but he was just quiet. God is never not there. But sometimes he pulls back to allow us to experience things in life on our own for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so I confused the two. I thought he okay. just abandoned me, which That's is... Cool. I never heard anyone um, describe it that way before. Yeah. But I, but I get that. So I that was definitely that. an ebb. An ebb, yeah. Um, I, I feel the same way. Uh, for me, I have felt... Um, it's, it's not lost on me that we are often referred to in religious text or even in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as the children and the higher power is the, the parent, oh, the father. Yeah. You know, because you just described uh, s some sort of behavior that a child would pitch uh, a temper tantrum. Oh, totally. In not getting your way. And I have actually, I've done the same thing. I've just stopped believing and thought, you know, as soon as something didn't go the way that I thought it should, then for me, that was enough of the proof of the existence uh, or the lack there of, of a higher power. You can't exist or else you wouldn't let this happen to me mm -hmm. uh, or you wouldn't disappoint me. Uh, time and time again. Uh, and what this program has taught me is that um, I'm not always going to get what I want. And sometimes, most of the time, it's for a very good reason that I don't get what I want. Um, because sometimes what I want is not the best choice for mm. me. Um, so that's helped me uh, looking back on things that I wanted really badly and then didn't get. And and at that moment, I was upset and outraged and, and full of self-pity and anger, yeah. uh, and judgment, uh, and I also pitched temper tantrums and fits and sadness and thought that I had been, I used words like forsaken. Yeah. And I felt that in Absolutely. That but in doing this journey of this, uh, this whole process through the 12 steps, 
and doing that inventory uh, is where I learned to have and develop a relationship with a higher power. And we talked about trust. Um, we've talked about trust all the time, but for me, um, that was a, a pivotal moment in developing my faith. Because yes. I don't know. It has to be. For me, there's no, there's no proof. For me, there's no proof that there is or there isn't a higher power. There's no um, actual proof. That's just how I look at it. Like you mean scientifically? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did what my therapist told me with relationships. I did that with my relationship with God, my relationship with my higher power. And that's how I learned to uh, let go and let God, to just let go. To just do it. What did I have to lose? I mean, when I came to the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous, I was broken and I'd lost pretty much everything in my life. So, you know, I could just let go and try this thing and have some belief and start to believe or learn to believe in something greater, or I could continue doing things the way that I'd always done them and continue with the shit show of my life. Mm -hmm. And instead, I decided to follow some direction and take, uh, do something different, mm -hmm. which was to let go. And then the phrase would develop for me into let God. Um, even just last week, you know, uh, having an event, um, a difficult event, going through a difficult situation. And, but I didn't feel forsaken this time. Yeah. And that's the difference between yesterday and today. So today, when something difficult happens, uh, I might still be upset with God. Like, oh, really? Why? Why do I have to go through this? Um, because nobody likes being uncomfortable or being in pain. Um, but uh, I have learned to say, okay, I, I trust that whatever this is for, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get through it and I'm going to get to the other side. Yeah. Because um, you want me to prosper. You don't I think want me you to and suffer. I have gone from what my sponsor refers to from believing to knowing. So we believed in God. Then we went through all of these trials and tribulations. And now we know. Yeah. We know he, she, it, however you want to refer to God, is there. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. You can never take that knowing away, I think, once you know it's there. doesn't mm. mean we don't go through ebbs and flows. We all do. And what I found really interesting entering seminary is I always assumed the priests, the nuns, the theologians, the professors, their faith was like, what I would aspire to, the monks. Mm -hmm. And now I know those people that pursue God the hardest are often the ones that have the most feeling of being distant or even dead inside when it comes to believing God. Like they're the ones that have severe crises of faith, oh, which wow. is very encouraging to me. Yeah. Because it means we all as a people, no matter who you are, will go through those times in your relationship with God where you don't feel close or you don't feel like you hear him. And everybody goes through it differently. Like some people I know hear from God all the time. Prayers are answered all the time. Yeah. It doesn't work that way for me. Sorry. Tell God we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> Go away now, God. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. You and I have talked about this before too, because you have said that you get uh, direct messages. You feel that you get messages. Knowings and feelings. Yeah. And I have, that's not my experience. Uh, so I'm still going on trust. Yeah, but yeah. you have some very specific examples. You've talked about one that I'll never forget in a previous podcast mm. about when you were trying to sell your business. Yeah. And it was like, it was an impossible number. You're right. <laughs> and 
Yeah. That's what started because I find God reveals himself in very obvious ways when you're first getting to know him. And then he changes his communication with you. And you had a very clear, I am here, I am listening, and I'm providing for you exactly what you prayed for. And I was, I was praying every day, not for um, the money because I was facing bankruptcy. And uh, so I wasn't praying for that exact amount. But of course, I knew that dollar figure and had that dollar figure in my mind. And uh, I was just saying, your will be done. You know, maybe I'm meant to be bankrupt. Then, okay, I know that you're going to be there and you're going to help me. We'll get through this somehow. Um, And if, you know, maybe not, maybe I won't be. And then this exact dollar figure to the penny Mm -hmm. was presented. uh, (laughs) So good. Yeah. Um, Someone bought the business. And at first they bought it. They wanted to buy it for half of that amount. And I was like, well, I might as well declare bankruptcy then. And the guy hung up and I thought, that's it. And I went in the other room and I cried and I got down on my knees and I started to pray because the anger was coming up inside of me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, I can say, oh, I'll trust you and we'll get through it no matter what. But I'm hurt. Yeah. (laughs) That that it's going to be really difficult and I'm going to really struggle. And then uh, the phone rang again, maybe 30 minutes later, after I'd prayed, after I'd asked for help. Um, And yeah, so that number was given. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another instance that happened where I was close to um, being homeless. And uh, a a relative helped me through uh, a surprising, you know, a surprising gift. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have those moments. Mm-hmm. So how do you then keep in the flow? Mm, that's a good question. How do I keep in the flow? Um, I guess I just remind myself of what it was like when I didn't have faith. That's good. What my life was like before I developed a faith, before I developed a belief in something greater than myself. And it wasn't good. So... I look at it as a choice. I can go back to it is a choice. Faith is always a choice. Yeah, and, and you know, and that was horrible. With faith, I always have hope, even in my darkest moments, even when I feel like uh, a complete letdown in God's plan, and I am not happy with it at all. There's still hope. Mm-hmm. Whereas when things didn't work out in the past, um, there wasn't any hope. So I'm not getting what I want and I have no hope. And I think this is how my life's going to be for eternity until I die. But with faith, um, when things don't work out, I feel that I I have to give thanks and say, you know, I know that um, there's a reason why this didn't happen. I might never know what the reason is, Mm -hmm. but I'm putting my trust in you and uh, more will be revealed. So I guess that's how I do it. It's a big comparison to how I lived my life before. Yeah, because if there's no hope, then what's the point? Our spiritual principle, step two, is hope. If we don't have hope after we admit that we're powerless, like I might as well just off myself right now. (laughs) What's the point of going on then? Yeah, and it's weird because I've read, you know, um, I can't remember her name now. The lady, uh, she wrote this amazing book about her struggle from, she's from Rwanda and she survived the genocide. And she hid in a bathroom with like, I don't know, 10 other women mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a minister's home from mm-hmm. the opposite tribe, the tribe that was murdering her people. And then she wrote a book about it. I, I can't remember the title of it, um, but it was brilliant and so inspiring. And I cried through the whole book. But then even at the end of reading that book, I still didn't then suddenly believe in God. 
because she did, I, I had to make a choice. I had to go through my own experiences and uh, accept things as they are, not as I would have them be. Um, yeah. Yeah. This Often gave me that. trust comes before faith. Like you have to take the yeah. leap before you have the wings that are going to sprout, that are going to carry you. And like we always what, want assurance. Like which, show me first and then I'll believe. <laughs> well, yeah. kind but, of doesn't work that but way. But we'll believe in aliens. But <laughs> um, Or we'll believe that this time when we drink, it, we can control it. Yeah. Like we put all the faith in the world into that bottle yeah. or into that line or into that person or whatever. Or that abusive partner that has been beating the shit out of you for years that they'll change. This time it'll be different. Yeah. So I'll take them back again. Yeah, we do believe in some pretty crazy stuff. And in, in the uh, 12 steps, it says came to believe. Mm, that's right. And um, it's a process. Yeah, it definitely is a process. And it's part of my process. I don't, I don't know how you do this process without that coming to believe. I hope that, I hope that helps Lisa. Yeah. We're so sorry that you lost your daughter and we dedicate That's hard. this to you. Yeah. And what's amazing though, is how she went through it, mm-hmm. which is moving closer to God, which is being in the moment with her daughter. Doesn't mean it's not sad and horrible and awful. And there's not a whole bunch of grief, but it's the approach that changes everything. I read a quote the other day that said, um, 10% of life is what happens. 90% is how you respond to it. Very true. I remember when uh, my friend Andy was dying of cancer and uh, I had some really amazing uh, conversations with him alone in the hospital. Just two of us. It was beautiful. And uh, I loved those last moments together. And I don't know. I don't know if this was selfish of me uh, or where I got the courage to ask this question. Um, but he was just so open to talking about anything and everything. And he was in love with God, mm. especially right at the end. Like his faith and his passion for God grew exponentially. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get it because I was angry. I was hurt and I was sad and I was losing my friend and, you know, one of my guides here in AA and I was breaking. And one point I looked to him and I said, you know, um, do you actually believe in heaven? Like, do you think that when you die, you're going to go to this magical kingdom called heaven? And he said, well, Lisa, let's put it this way. Uh, heaven doesn't need me to, heaven doesn't need to, need me to believe in it to exist. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't exist, I won't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So why not? Why yeah. not choose belief? Why not believe? So that, that helped too. Yeah. Little seeds were planted along the way by other people who had also once struggled with faith and then came to believe mm-hmm. in something greater. So there's always hope. Mm-hmm. You don't have to believe in hope to know that hope exists. <laughs> there's always hope. Yes. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us. And thanks for that email, Lisa. Um, contact us again. We'd love to hear from you and hear how things are doing, how things are, how you are doing with things down the road. Anyone else want to drop us a line, uh, send us a topic suggestion, you have a question, you want to talk about it, um, share something with us. We're like that postcards from the edge. And you can send them and and not attach a name. That's right. And we can have a discussion about it. Uh, It's the number two, soberchicks at gmail.com. And we love getting your emails. We love you. All right. Thanks for listening. 
See you next time. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks.